The trade deadline might be over, but that's not going to stop the Canucks and Penguins from continuing to talk about JT Miller. It's Begsy and it's Bowen, and you're listening to Locked On Canucks. Your Locked On Canucks, your daily podcast on the Vancouver Canucks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello there, friend, and thanks for hitting the play button on today's episode of Locked On Canucks. My name is Trevor Beggs, Canucks writer and part-time credentialed media member for Daily High Vancouver. And before we dive into today's show, we want to thank you for making Locked On Canucks your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube, where the best way you can help us grow is to listen every day and subscribe. Yeah, let I'm them know. My let co-host. them know. I'm- yeah, there he is. That's my co-host, my brother in pain, cheering for this team, Kyle Bowen. How you doing today, buddy? I'm doing good, brother in pain, but I do hope we do spend a, a little bit more than a couple minutes on Quinn Hughes being the best Canucks defenseman of all time, and I don't know, just we got to spread some positivity, okay? It's been, it's been super negative over the last, you know, 10 years, you know? Just that, that was a cool stat, and I can't wait to touch on that later, uh, later on the show. Man, oh man, I need to start off the week with the with the vibes, yo. With the good vibes. For real, for real, for real. How you doing, man? Hey, I'm doing pretty good, man, to be honest with you. I mean, uh, you know, life life is a little boring right now. I've come back from vacation, a lot, lot of studying, and now I'm I'm getting in the groove of this podcasting five days a week. But you know, I, I had some fun with my daughter. Always hey. good on the weekend with the daughter. And and you know, I watched a great I watched a great hockey game on the weekend too, Ooh. with the Canucks and the Leafs. And uh, we will definitely talk about that later, but you know, first and foremost, I do want to touch maybe for the last time this season, probably <laughs> not. Who knows? Um, I want to touch on the JT Miller stuff because, you know, we our last episode was right after the trade deadline when obviously no deal transpired for JT Miller. But over the weekend, there was a number of reports about you know what actually happened between the Canucks and the Pittsburgh Penguins. And I kind of want to preface it by saying that not all deals happen at the trade deadline. You know, sometimes that's where deals are born, even if they don't happen. And uh, Chris Pronger had a long thread on Twitter recently about the trade deadline. He basically said the same thing. You know, when he left Anaheim in 2009, he knew he was being shopped at the deadline uh, that year, but he didn't leave the team until the offseason. Mm. Um, and I think we saw recently in Vancouver as well okay. with uh, the Oliver Ekman Larson deal. There was some there was some smoke around that for a year plus until he actually became a Vancouver Canucks. So, you know, even though everything doesn't happen on the deadline, that doesn't mean the deals are done. And it sounds like you know, the talks aren't done between the Vancouver Canucks and the Pittsburgh Penguins. So I want to touch on Elliot Freeman's report from the 32 Thoughts podcast. And he basically said that the two teams had had discussions. And, you know, even though Alvin told the media that there was never an offer made, yeah, there was no formal offer made. But that doesn't mean these two teams didn't have some pretty serious discussions about JT Miller becoming a Pittsburgh Penguin. Um, and Elliot Freeman touched on the fact that this deal seemed complicated and that there might be a, there might need to be a third team involved in either in order to either retain salary or add a young center to a deal. Um, and he basically ended off by saying that the, this potential deal is definitely complicated, um, and which makes sense. It's hard to move money around, and uh, Dickie Miller, from what I hear, is is making a lot of money uh, in the years ahead after this season. So maybe Kyle, before we uh, before we talk talk about it a bit more, I just want to say like. Is JT Miller going to be a Vancouver Canucks next season? Of or is course. He be a Pittsburgh Penguin? Dude, he is, man. He's staying in Vancouver, bro. This all smoke, bro. 
It's all smoke, local kid going home. Dude, it's all, it's all BS. It's all BS. He's not going anywhere. That contract is not being moved. moved and the Canucks are still going to have one of the best forwards in the NHL on their roster next season. And his name is J.T. Miller. I, I know we hear the rumors and we've heard that Alvin declined picks after picks after picks. And he just wanted that top center prospect or that that probably that center under 25 that could fill the role and possibly be the next JT Miller. But again, I just, I don't know. I just don't, I don't hear it. I hear, I hear, I hear this only being a thing because Vancouver's a hotbed of hockey and Pittsburgh's a hotbed of hockey and people are talking and they can put a couple pieces together, but I just don't see this happening at all. And I don't know, man, I don't, I don't really even believe in the rumors to be honest. I really don't. I really don't. And I said it, I think what on the first episode that Carolina would be a team that would be Carolina, I'm sorry, would be a team that would be interested in a guy like JT Miller. And I did hear that Rick Dollywall said that one team did call on the deadline, and that team was Carolina. I think he said that on Sakaris and Price. Why, why would Pittsburgh do it? I don't know. I don't know. But, hey, did you did you hear? Did you hear the chance for fire Hextall at the Pittsburgh Penguin, Penguins game? Uh, it was on the episode what? of 30, 32 Thoughts. They they kind of, like, plugged it in. But, damn, yeah. that's, that's crazy. Like, would they – if, if – that's what the fans are cheering. Is the owner and Lemieux going to let Hextall make a trade to acquire a $56 million contract to put on the books, even though the kid's from Pittsburgh? Like, I don't know. I don't I don't think so, man. I don't think so, Trevor. I think this story is about to – it's going to be done, bro. We're not going to hear much about it anymore. Well, we'll see. You know, I think we'll have a pretty clear sign of that if Hextall's still employed if and when the Pittsburgh Penguins season ends. And, uh, you know, they're not even a lot to make the playoffs right now. They're still a wild card team. But if he does go into the offseason as, as their general manager, we've seen in Vancouver that a desperate GM can do dumb things. Okay. Like trade a ninth overall pick okay. for Oliver Ekman Larson. Okay. And Connor Garland and all that stuff. So yeah. that's, you know, part of the reason I'm buying the fact that JT Miller could go to Pittsburgh is because Ron Hextall is desperate. You know, basically they are in a cup contention window because of the contracts they signed for Evgeny Malkin and um, Christopher Letang, you know, they still see a cup window this next few years before those guys start to really decline. And those guys are still pretty good players. And, you know, they don't, they, they could probably use another impact forward like JT Miller, <laughs> you know, and if um, the Canucks reports are saying they're asking for two first round picks, which, you know, I think is going to be pretty hard to get, but, you know, maybe there is, Maybe there just have to be this three-team trade. I, I still don't really buy into the fact that the Canucks have to get a young center and trade JT Miller and get draft picks all the same deal. Like it, it honestly seems ludicrous that mm. this all has to be done at once. Um, but again, maybe this wise this makes more sense in the offseason when it's easier to uh, to talk to teams and there's more flexibility salary cap wise. Um, I, I will say I was kind of thinking of three team big three-team deals that have gone down, and you know one of the last ones that popped in my head was the Philadelphia Vegas Golden Knights and Nashville deal when they had, when Ryan Ellis went to Philadelphia, Nolan Patrick went to the Vegas Golden Knights and Cody Glass went to Nashville. And again, those are two younger centers with really, really high draft pedigrees who are struggling. And, and I just wonder if there's a player like out there like that for the Canucks. Uh, is there anyone that jumps to your mind in terms of maybe a young center the Canucks might target who hasn't worked out at their team right now? No, not me. I don't, I don't really know. Dude, I'm just getting back into the world of things, bro. Like, I don't have that that player in mind that could be in a trade for JT Miller, and I think it's because of my knowledge base, but also because of the improbability of this happening. Like, I'm just so over 
JT Miller leaving, leaving. But you did bring up a good point. You brought up a really good point how, you know, we really had a a GM in Jim Benning who did the impossible when it came to player acquisitions. And it is possible for other GMs to be on that wavelength too and be desperate and be a little dumb. And I think that's the only way something like this happens, okay? Yo, can we... We got to stop, okay? Get for the fourth or fifth time. Leave JT Miller alone, okay? He's playing the best hockey uh, of, of the year so far. I think there's still a lot of talent there. There's a, there's, a lot of, there's, there's a lot of things that JT Miller can do that a lot of players can't do. I feel as if he's still a difference maker. Yes, he's far and far away from being a, a Selkie winner. I'm, I almost swore there. I almost swore there. But uh, I, I just, I just want to get past this, this love, this love fest we have with this potential JT Miller leaving Vancouver thing and just kind of buy into what he can do for the team. And I know it's hard to do that because the Canucks just suck, but I'm just, I'm looking for another narrative to, to follow right now. I'm not going to lie. Well, Hey, you know what? JT Miller played a played a pretty good game over the Mm -hmm. weekend. So, so let's touch on that, man. It was probably one of the most fun moments of the Canucks season uh, with the Canucks beating the Toronto Maple Leafs. But before we have some fun talking about the Maple Leafs choking in Vancouver, I need to tell you, Kyle, about a product that I started using every day. You know, I came back from my Bali vacation, and I feel like I had that dad bod going on. But ever since I started taking Athletic Greens, I've begun to leave that post-vacation dad bod in the dust. So, what is that stuff in Athletic Greens? With one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, aging, all the things. You know, Kyle, I usually get up at 4 a.m. to work on my Canucks rating uh, content and prep for the show. And, you know, I'm waking up early, man, and usually I start off with coffee. But now before I start sipping on my coffee, I make sure I wake up with a delicious cup of athletic greens. It's an awesome way to start my early day. And I got to say, even though I feel like I've started to leave my vacation bod in the dust, that tropical flavor of athletic greens takes me back to those beaches of Bali. You know, as a dad, I need my sleep and athletic greens supports better sleep quality, recovery, mental clarity, and alertness. When you're using AG1, you're investing in an all-in-one nutritional insurance product. And athletic greens has over 7,000 five-star reviews. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Wow. That was pretty good. That was pretty good, man. And I, I hope that you dr- do drink a lot of Athletic Greens so you could just be around for a while. And it, it, that, that's the thing. If you're, if you're listening to this and you're, you're a diehard Canucks fan, I know things are tough right now. One thing that you can control is being healthy. Now, health is wealth. We all know that. But health also gives us a better chance to live longer on this thing called planet Earth. And if we live longer on this thing called planet Earth, we have more of a chance to witness 
again, it, it may seem like the impossible, but we have more of a chance to watch the Canucks lift the Stanley Cup. That is the biggest reason why I want to get to the to the age of 104, so I just increase my chances of just doing that because, man, oh, man, that would mean a lot to me. Could you imagine? Could you imagine being on your deathbed, right? I know it's sad to think about these things, but being on your deathbed and – for me personally, I feel like I'm risk-taking risk right now. Okay, I've been chasing a dream for a long time, and I know these dreams are going to work out. So I'm going to be on that deathbed, and there's going to be a good chance I, I don't have a lot of regrets. But one of the big regrets I would have is witness, uh, not witnessing the Canucks win a Stanley Cup. Like, that would be sad. That'd be, that would be sad. That would, a part of me would feel as if I didn't get the most out of life because the Canucks didn't lift the Stanley Cup. So drink AG, yeah. uh, drink Athletic Greens, do it. Live on this earth for a long time. Increase your chances of witnessing the Canucks win a Stanley Cup. Yeah, that should be that should be the copy. That should be the copy. You know, I know we have to read from the script and, and tell tell the people these things and tell the people our experiences from the beverage. But it should just be that, yo. The Canucks are not doing it. Let's increase our chances. Let's live longer and let's watch this team win a Stanley Cup. Live for a long time. Locked on. Yeah, Canucks. you know what I um. <laughs> I have one story. I'm sure, you know, you listen out there, you probably have a story like this too. But uh, I used to work in a retirement home as a teenager. And there was this one lady in her 90s, you know, just just one of my favorite human beings of all time. And she wanted nothing more than to see the Canucks win a Stanley Cup. And uh, she passed away like two months after 2011. I was just like, oh, you know, it's. Why you got to go there, man? At the end of the day, you can't worry about things in life you can't control. And you and I can't control the Canucks win a Stanley Cup unless, you know, as we get going here on Locked On Canucks, you know, maybe Alvin's tuning in. He's listening to our ideas about this team. Um, and, you know, maybe uh, he's not uh, screwed up like he did last week with Philip Ronick. So Dude, you uh, just went that, super... that is the dream, bud. But other than that, you can't control it. So you don't went, worry about it. You went super dark there, man. I just brought up, you know, like this this vision, but you just brought in facts. And that's, that's dark, bro, because you know there's a 74-year-old watching this right now, right? Whatever, course, man. man. Continue, man. Let's it's, not go there, man. This is dark, bro. <laughs> Leafs, Canucks, Saturday it's, night. It's, it's the truth, man. You can't control some things, but I do think about that. I, I know you listen out there. You think about that person, too, that older Canuck fan in your life who's got to see a cup, um, you know, hopefully in their lifetime. Um, you know, last last Ooh. this week, it wasn't quite, uh, wasn't quite a Stanley Cup victory, even though Rick Pocket <laughs> wanted to call it a playoff game. Oh, my God. But it was, it was arguably the best moment of this Canucks season, you know, between – Tyler Myers absolutely flattening John Tavares in the opening minute um, to JT Miller and Pedersen scoring two shorthanded goals in the same kill in 44 seconds. Yeah, Saturday was a lot of fun, man. I don't know if I've felt those good vibes for the Canucks this season as much as I did on Saturday night. Yeah, you know, I feel as if I saw a lot of that rhetoric online and through the people and through the Canuck fans. It was a nice moment. It was a, it was a break from the tank and... It's always a good time to beat the Maple Leafs. And Begsy, you and I have talked about it a lot of times. Now we're talking on Locked on Canucks. I got to let the listeners know, I don't hate the Maple Leafs. I don't hate the Maple Leafs, okay? Starting off this thing being a Canucks fan way back in 2002. Dude, the Leafs were kind of, I mean, they were there. Darcy Tucker, Matt Sundin, uh, Nick Antropop. You know, they, they had their guys. They're, they're doing their things. They're still making the playoffs. But they weren't ever, to me, uh, like a, an intimidating team. I didn't have a reason to hate them. And then when the Canucks were like really good, the Leafs just sucked and they weren't relevant. So I never had that had that hatred for them. But I did hear I did hear someone say I don't know who who it was, but it someone talked about how 
there's not a team in the league the the Canucks hate more right now than the than the Leafs. And is that because there's no rivals like Chicago and Boston? There's no there's no competitive nature within those rivals. We just have to go back to the past and back to geography and pick the Leafs. Uh, I'm going to tell you right now, man, I do hate the Leafs uh, and it's for a couple of reasons. It, one, hating teams is fun, okay? Like, I I think sports isn't as fun. You're not as invested if you don't hate a few teams or hate a few players, you know? And uh, I tell anyone who will listen that I cheer for every team across Canada except for the Toronto Maple Leafs, the Edmonton Oilers, and the Calgary Flames. Those teams could all crash and burn. And, you know, with the Leafs specifically, Edmonton and Calgary are Canuck rivals. You can't cheer for those yeah. teams, okay? But... For the Leafs, it's it's just that Eastern bias. You know, you grow up mm. all the time, and it's Leafs talk 24-7 on Sportsnet and on TSN. And uh, I'm tired of it, man. Especially, like, back in the day when the Canucks were good and the Leafs sucked. And you just got Leafs talk on TV all the time. Like, that <laughs> right. drove me nuts. And, you know, it's going to be ingrained in my brain forever. I won't forget it. Also, also like, good guy Pedersen, you know? Uh, just a humble dude. And then you got Austin Matthews with his mooning incident. It's just like, oh, come on, man. You just... I'm not cheering for the Leafs. I, oh, I hope they have another first-round defeat. Um, and, yeah, come at me. I will say, too, uh, during my time at uh, Nux Misconduct, whenever I wrote something bad about the Leafs, again, I was writing for Canucks blog. Like, this here is a Canucks podcast. But every time I say or write anything bad about the Leafs, I get, like, Leafs fans hitting me up, like, finding my email address and hitting me up. So, yeah. you guys are a bunch of dedicated dudes, and uh, I appreciate the dedication. But, uh, yeah, I hope your team loses. I got uh, I got no love for the Leafs, and I had a lot of fun watching them choke it away against the Canucks on Saturday night, especially with the two shorthanded goals. Oof. You know, it's a tie game and Miller and Pedersen go and do that. Like that was, that was special stuff, man. And, uh, you was. know, Miller in particular has been rolling lately. I know we talked about him off the top here in terms of all the trade rumor stuff, but he's arguably playing some of his best hockey of the season right now. I mean, he's got, he's got five shorthanded points in his last 15 games. Like, <laughs> that's nuts. Like that, I, of all his stats I was kind of looking at, that's what really stood out to me recently. That is I nuts. mean, this guy, again, he's the first guy over the board on the PK right now. Um, I know that's probably not the plan long-term based on what talk it was saying when he came in. But, um, yeah, Miller, I would say this is the best stretch of hockey of the season right now. Yeah. What are the chances? Do you think Miller ends this season off point-per-game, a point-per-game player? I know he's maybe like five points, four points away from being a point-per-game player. But, again, he's playing some of the best hockey uh, of the season. He, he is that guy. He's an offensive He's, he's like a tier B offensive juggernaut, you know? He, he can go on stretches, bro. He can go on stretches. So I do hope he gets there because I kind of I kind of want the narrative to change, Oh, Real talk. Leave JT alone. He's part of this team for a long time. And let's just make the most of it, man. That one-two punch, right? Patterson and JT. It was ironic. You know, the first game after the deadline, right? Was it the first game after the deadline? It was. That JT Miller and Patterson do that. And, like, there's a good chance, and I hope this is true, that those two are the one-two punch for the next handful of years. Real talk. Real talk, man. We need Patterson to sign long-term, and if that's the case, it's Miller, it's Patterson. Straight up. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. I mean, it was, again, there's so much drama going around this team this season. And, you know, people are, obviously, Patterson was asked about JT and his relationship with JT on After Hours. And, I don't know, people do want to create probably more drama than there actually is in mm-hmm. that dressing room. And, again, we're not in the dressing room. We don't fully know. Um, but it was pretty nice to see them celebrate like that after scoring a, a huge goal against the Toronto Maple Leafs. I, I say huge, relatively speaking, because the Cucks are out of the playoffs. So how much does it really matter? But it was a fun night of hockey, man. And you know, oh, sports man. is entertainment after all. That's all you can ask for is some fun hockey, man. I got to bring something up too, man. Even though even though I, I know 
I've been pumping up JT Miller's tires ever since we started the show four shows ago. <laughs> but uh, I saw something on, I think it was Tim and Friends, and I think Keith Yandel was on on the show, and he, he was asked a question regarding who's going to be the next captain of the Vancouver Canucks, and he said JT Miller, basically because they're homies, and, you know, Miller's a good player, blah, 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 but come on, man. Come on, man. Watch Canucks hockey. You know there's not a player more deserving than Elias Patterson, for real. For real, because yeah. Patterson's the, Patterson's in rare ter- territory. He really is. He's the most skilled player on the team, the most talented player on the team, and he's the hardest working player on the team. Shift in and shift out, and he's been doing that since he got here. For real. He just, he's got tenacity to him. He never takes a shift off. And if only the East watched more Canucks game. Now, why would they? I get it. Late start and the team sucks. But that is, that's bogus, man. Like, JT Miller's not going to be the next captain of the Vancouver Canucks. Can you there's imagine the PR nightmare in this market? Dude, there's no chance, JT bro. Miller there's captain. no chance. You just want Pedersen being that guy because he sets the example. He sets the yeah. example. Again, when I say he's in rare ter- territory, I don't know. Like, you again, you watch more hockey than me. There's there's probably a couple of these players out there, but again, he's the most talented player on the team. He puts up the, the biggest numbers. Well, he's she's starting to do that now, and he's arguably the hardest worker too on the whole team. He works harder than a third line grinder, like a fourth line grinder. He's just he's in every shift, and I don't know. There's not a lot of players out there like that. Yeah, I, I mean. I think there's probably some pros and cons naming Pedersen captain. And I even had some hesitation watching him on after hours a couple of weeks back, but I, I think let's table that for an episode down the okay. road because okay. the Canucks are naming a captain, you know, anytime by the end of the season. So I think we have time to talk about that one. Um, I do, I do want to end the show talking about our one good thing segment. And it's really one more good thing because Saturday night, Saturday night was good. It was a lot of fun. Um, and Quayne Hughes, surprise, surprise is uh, the target of our one more good thing segment. But before we do that, Kyle, I already talked about how I'm feeling healthier since I was, you know, eating and drinking like a degenerate during my Bali vacation. But, you know, since I came home, I'm feeling better and I have to give some credit to me feeling better to Built Bar. If you're like me uh, and you want to eat healthier, but you don't want to compromise that great tasting stuff, then man, I got something for you. You got to try Built. With Built, healthy is actually tasty. Seriously, Built is so delicious, you won't think that is good for you. What makes Built Bar so good? Well, for starters, they are covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right. Real chocolate. Mm-hmm. And they nice. become they come in unbelievably good flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, and coconut almond. I'm not sure how Built does it, but these bars taste like a candy bar while maintaining amazing macros. And what's even better than that is that they are healthy. Only 130 calories and 4 grams of sugar with a whopping 17 grams of protein. You can order your favorite flavor of Built Bars today on Built.com. Wow. Again, it's Monday. You know, it's Monday. The ad reads are a little slow today, but, you know, it's, it's, it's episode number four, you know? So you're episode number five or four. Anyways, you're getting there, though, man. You're getting there. And I yeah. can tell you love those Built Bars, like, man. This is, I guess, like day five on the job, right? Because uh, we did four episodes in three days last week. I'm starting wow. on Wednesday. Had that bonus episode breaking the Hronik trade. And this is our first full week at Locked On Canucks. So it's uh, gotta let exciting the time for know. you and me, man. That's for sure. Gotta let the <laughs> It's actually hard to know. believe that there's actually a quarter of the season left, you know? There's still, the Canucks have 25% of their season left. I know it, <laughs> it doesn't feel like that, but yeah. there's quite a few games to go, man. And uh, I think there's some reason to be concerned about the tank. But we're not going to talk about that today because I want to end the show talking about Quinn Hughes setting the record for being the fastest defenseman to get to 200 assists, doing it in 263 games. 
And you look at some of the the players ahead of them. It's it's pretty much a list of Hall of Famers, right? You know, Brian Leach, Bobby Orr, Gary Suter, Sergey Zubov, Paul Coffey, Albert Kinnis, Dennis Slotvan. You're talking about Cup winners and Hall of Famers there. I mean, it's uh, definitely an impressive list. And, you know, we, we talked about it time and time again in this market. I remember, you know, back when we were doing old shows over at Next Misconduct there, you you said when Quinn Hughes was a rookie that he was the best defenseman in, in Canucks history. And you got a lot of blowback for that. But, I remember uh, that. What, what do you got to say to those people now, Kyle? What do you got to say to them now? Okay, well, I got to say this. I got to say this, all right? I said that after his, like what, his first maybe two games being a Canucks, Canucks yeah, defenseman. It was, like a, it was like a week into his first full season, I think. Yeah, a week into the first full. I was like, dude, this guy's already done it. I think he had like maybe like seven points in five games or something. And I was like, dude, this guy's the best Canucks defenseman of all time because we've never seen anything like him. And, bro, we're, you know, younger Canucks fans, I guess you could say, because there was, you know, 30 years of history before we got there. We, we barely hear any of these radio hosts or journalists talk about Canucks defensemen other than Matthias Oland, you know? Uh, sometimes they talk about uh, who, who I'm trying to even think of you names know, like right Yerke now. Lume, Yerke Lume Snaps. and Harold Snaps and uh, like Jeff Brown or something. I don't even know. The, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, then yeah, Alex Adler yeah. and Kevin B. Like, it, you barely hear it, like because even though you, when you hear those names, the hosts and journalists aren't even aren't even able to go more than five minutes, you know, gassing this guy up because they're just like another top four defenseman. You know what I'm saying? For real, for real. I think Matthias Olin could have been more. F- if those teams won more, you know what I'm saying? If the West Coast Express uh, era, if they won, he would be more celebrated. Maybe if he stuck around or was healthy or not old around the, the, the 2011 era, blah, blah, blah. But this is about Quinn Hughes, and he's just that guy. And I'm just super impressed that he's been able to he's, – he's had, like, ups and downs with his defensive play through the first couple of years of his career, but I feel as if he's gotten a lot better a lot better at that side of his game over the last 100 games. Real talk. He's just making that step, and he's been able to still put up points on a really bad hockey team, and that's just overly, overly impressive. And I heard a lot of things from other people in the hockey world regarding how underrated Quinn Hughes is, and I'm like, yo, what the heck? You guys are just not watching. It's not that he's underrated. He's underwatched. That's just the truth. Well, it, Who's under, yeah. like, what are you, dude? There's no, bro, you watch, I feel as if after every Canucks game, most Canucks games, he's not the perfect player, but dude, he's pretty freaking close. Like we're marveled or just asking ourselves like, dude, this guy is just, he just makes the game look so easy. He plays on a different pace and he's pretty much doing that every game. I mean, I feel as if he's valued here for real. For real, he's underpaid too. He's actually probably the, actually him and Demko are the only two players in the long run that are going to have those contracts where, the Canucks aren't going to be like paying paying a player out of value or overpaying a player that's going to be significant to this roster. Like those two players, especially Quinn Hughes, he just Benning. That was Benning's best move, drafting him and signing him to that extension. Real talk. I, I stumbled into that one. He probably tripped over his feet walking up to the podium when <laughs> Quinn Hughes was still sitting there. I mean, yeah. that draft is a bit of a disaster. But uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, again, I think something else maybe for an offseason episode. But remember all that to, pushback uh, I was getting, bro? When I was saying that, bro, people are coming on my show and telling oh, me, "Yo, what are you talking about, Alex Adler, Ed Jovanovski, Kevin Bieksa?" I'm yeah. like, "What are you guys talking about? What yeah, are you guys talking about? Only, Those players were carried argument. by first lines. They were ca- they were carried by first lines. They were carried by the West Coast Express, right? The Jovanovskis, the Olins." Bro, for real, the best line in hockey was carrying that team. And then when BX and Hamus and Edler and blah, 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 consistent players, don't get me wrong, but another 
They were playing on a team that had a deep team and also great goaltending and also the best line in hockey at one point. For real. Quinn Hughes is doing this on one of the worst teams in the NHL. And he's getting better. He's getting better. He's crazy, yeah. man. What a career, dude. What a career. Yeah, I mean, and what a the, gamer, the too. Only thing, the only thing against your argument was the fact that he was a rookie. And uh, I saw what people were saying, like, yeah. you know, you got to, I guess, put in some time before you're called the best defenseman in franchise history. But, <laughs> you know, if you've been watching the team for 50 years and you're realistic, you know that Quinn Hughes is the best defenseman in franchise yeah. history. Like, never mind the numbers and the records. He's going to break them all anyways. But yeah. ever since he came to the city, and, and I never argued with you at the time, I completely agreed with your take yeah. that uh, – no, from the, but from the time he stepped on the ice in the Canucks sweater, he was the best defenseman in Canucks history. Uh, I got I want to throw out one more Quinn Hughes stat before I uh, before we wrap up this episode of Locked On Canucks. So, the Canucks at even strength this year with Quinn Hughes on the ice have scored sixty five goals and have forty eight goals against. So there's a plus seventeen goal differential when Quinn Hughes is on the ice. Oh, without man. Quinn Hughes on the ice at even strength, the team has scored sixty seven goals. So only two more. Then when Quinn Hughes is on the ice, I have 108 goals against for a goal differential of minus 41. Wow. So goal differential of plus 17 with Quinn Hughes on the ice, even strength, minus 41 without Quinn Hughes on the ice. That minus 41 goal differential would be fourth worst in the NHL behind the Anaheim Ducks, wow. the Columbus Blue Jackets, and the Chicago Blackhawks. So, wow. Yeah, that's just that's impressive stuff, man. And not only does it show how good Quinn Hughes is, Quinn Hughes is but how bad this team is when he's not on the ice. 100%. Of, uh, the Edmonton Oilers, Connor McDavid effect right here for sure. 100%. And I, I want the, the viewers of this to comment below. Is he the only number one defenseman the Canucks have ever had in their 50 plus years? of being alive in this league. Because you could, I guess people, again, may say Ed Jovanovsky. They may say Olin and Edler, but those guys, at best, were like tier C number one defenseman. And that's like going, saying way too much to describe a number one defenseman. You know what I'm saying? I, again, if you just look at the stats, look at the facts, look at the clips, Quinn Hughes, and it's it's crazy how that's the truth. I mean, I don't know how the hell that happened. You're in a Canadian market and it took that long to find one guy who could arguably be a number one go-to guy, and yeah, it's uh, I, I want to see this. Uh, you know what, bro? Like, there's so much time ahead of us, and he's still he's still a long ways away from being like the number one, number two, number three defenseman in the league because the league is stacked. But I do want to see this guy play some meaningful games so he can kind of get the attention he deserves to even be in that conversation. Because again, people are saying he's underrated. It's like, dude, he's just underwatched. He's just underwatched. Same thing with Patterson. He's underwatched. You have to be. You have to be. You have to be an idiot to think that like JT Miller is the choice to be the captain of this team, for real. And just yeah. Anyways, just watch Patterson and watch Quinn Hughes. Isn't, isn't there a way to do that? You don't have to watch like the full Canucks games. You can just tap it and maybe like pay fifty dollars a month to just follow like a player shifts yeah. or something like that. Sports, I, Sportsnet's got something like that going on, I think, but uh, yeah. I don't know a whole lot about it. Cause that's, yeah. that's, that's beyond my pay grade, man. That's yeah, beyond my pay go. grade. Um, yeah. You know, watch Pedersen, watch Hughes and make sure you watch us here at locked on Canucks, you know, or listen or listen. That's we're okay with that too. Uh, but we want to thank you for making locked on Canucks your first listen every day. Now make your second listen of the day, game to game, locked on NHL, every moment, every performance, every result. Locked On Game to Game covers every game from across Locked On NHL with local analysis that only Locked On can deliver. Follow Game to Game on Locked On NHL, available on Audacity, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. There you go. The Canucks do play games tonight. Canucks and Predators in Vancouver. Uh, Kyle and I will probably talk about that 
we'll see how the game goes. We'll probably talk about that on the next episode of Lockdown Canucks. Kyle, always good to see you, buddy. And thanks again for listening to this episode of Locked On Canucks. Shout out Trevor Lennon. Peace. Your Locked On Canucks, your daily podcast on the Vancouver Canucks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.